When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports fans, don't be sad that the NFL season is rapidly coming to a close because we still have the NBA, MLB, WNBA, and the XFL coming this spring. And Epson just hooked me up with this new Epic Vision Ultra LS800 laser projector, including their optional 120-inch silver flex screen. If you're out there looking for a new 75-inch or 85-inch TV, don't do that. You have no idea what you're missing. Imagine having an epic one. 120 inch mega screen in your home. It's like having four 60 inch TVs mounted on your wall. Introducing the new Epson Epic Vision Ultra LS800 projector. This new type of television experience uses Epson's amazing three chip, three LCD laser projection technology to produce an immersive, super bright 4K Pro UHD picture. And with a 120 inch picture, this is truly epic. You see all the action trust me unless you're there live this is the next best thing go big go epic go to epson.com forward slash wake up to learn more about the epic vision ultra ls 800 laser projector again that's epson.com forward slash wake up and like epson says bring the sports book experience home this is a test this station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system this is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstruck Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase, and with me as always, my man Cody. What is going on today? Man, it's doing all right. We're doing all right tonight. We got a talk about the quarterback trade marketplace right now. There's a there's a range of quarterbacks that we kind of want to highlight here. We're going to talk about all the quarterback trade marketplace as well, but there's a range of which we really want to dive into, and that's kind of like the QB2 range. What is a QB2 truthfully worth in terms of a dynasty value? It's a really hard trade to make, I think, right now if you're trying to do it one for one. So we kind of want to dive into there, see what we can actually do, see some trades that are actually actionable for y'all. I think we can dive into that here. But first, Chase, we got some plugs. Anything we need to roll through first? Absolutely, man. So uh, if you want to be a part of the best fantasy community there is, you got to make sure you are part of Destination Debbie. Patreon.com forward slash all gas. We are having incredible conversations on the daily, especially if you're in that Heisman tier. So please check it out. Make sure you are a part of Destination Debbie. And as you probably know and have heard, Destination Debbie has partnered with Underdog Fantasy for the upcoming season. Best ball lineups galore, been setting a ton of those. Make sure you use promo code TFDR at signup, and you will get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. And if you do deposit $10 or more, you will get one year 
of access to the Destination Debbie Discord so you can chop it up with everybody in there, check out some of the rosters that we're building, discuss some strategy as we're going through these underdog best ball drafts. Yeah, man. So uh, I'm ready to get into these quarterbacks here. Obviously, we want to talk about the QB2s, but it's also hard to trade for these QB1s, like these top eight quarterbacks, top nine quarterbacks, however you want to look at it. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Hurts, Herbert, Lawrence, Lamar, Fields, Watson, like that tier is tough to get into right now. It's an incredibly tough tier to get into, and it's 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 what we want. It's our BAM tier quarterbacks, as, they, as Ray likes to say. By any means necessary, you want these guys on your roster. If you have to sacrifice a year or two to just get yourself up into this tier, to lock yourself into two of these guys, to make sure that you can build the rest of your dynasty roster, the rest of your dynasty future, this is what we want to do. Startups, I mean, we're talking about trading our second, third, and fourth round picks just to get back up into the first to get up to one of these guys. It's it's absolutely insane the value that these guys have right now. In most of our startups that we're seeing, we're seeing these guys go from the 101 all the way to like the 108 before there's any other position taken. Yeah. And so they hold a lot of value. It's a difficult process to get up into this tier. But it's, a, it's the tier you need to get up into. And we've we've seen a lot of movement within this tier, I think, as of late, because so many people are sending out these offers. I mean, we've seen, I think I saw an 11 for one trade for Patrick Jesus. Mahomes here earlier today. I mean, it wasn't all first or anything. It was a lot of junk thrown in on the backside. But an 11 for one trade in Dynasty just to get a Patrick Mahomes share. Just truly incredible what we're seeing in the quarterback marketplace right now. And you think... Do you think it's worth it to get up into this tier to actually have one of these BAM tier quarterbacks? Obviously, we're talking super flex, normal rosters. We're probably just going to be talking, you know, your start 10, 12 team rosters for the majority of this episode here. Do you think it's worth it to spend up that much in terms of just all of these draft picks to get up into these quarterbacks? I mean, here's the thing, like for I think BAM tier by any means necessary is a very specific group. Like not all nine of these guys are by any means necessary. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, maybe Joe Burrow, maybe. But like if you're looking at just those top three where we know what Patrick Mahomes is and what he's been top six for the you know every year he's been in the league. So or top every six year for the last started. five years as a starter last five years josh allen we know what he's been as a starter he's been top two for the last three years and then you have jalen hurts who just emerged on the scene with his weapons we don't foresee him going away and then joe burrow obviously with his weapons as well we can see him staying in that top six year in and year out obviously fluctuation each year but those four seem pretty static for me at least in that top group <sighs> Is it too much? I feel like we've seen so many Patrick Mahomes trades, like when you're talking about like that 11 for one, and we've seen Royal Rumble and, and, and Brett, love you, my man. That was that was close to an 11 for one. <laughs> it was like Especially in a one. best ball league because the other one was in a lineup <laughs> league. So you're equating like, what was that, like a seven yeah. to two or seven to three, I think, back, something like that. Oh, that was man. a lot to pay for Patrick Mahomes. And, and we've seen this. It, it does feel like, truthfully, the only one who's truly by any, quote unquote, any means necessary is Patrick Mahomes as yes. of late. Everybody wants themselves a share 
of what we're perceiving as the best quarterback in the NFL right now. And I'm not, I'm definitely not here to argue that. I do believe Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. But I, th- I think this is where we need to go to the point of conversation is, is Patrick Mahomes really worth the truly by any means necessary when you could possibly have some of these other guys for lesser means necessary, if that makes sense? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we have to draw the line somewhere. I mean, we've seen we've seen deals where people are giving up like the 101, the 102, Kirk Cousins. I, I mean, I feel like we have to draw a line at some point. Like when you're giving up either an overwhelming amount of assets that you are, it's a detriment to your team that you kind of have to figure out where you're drawing the line. Obviously, not all assets are created the same. If you are giving up a bunch of, you know, I'm going to call them tier two, tier three players, tier three assets, rookie picks, you know, even if you're talking, you know, the 103, 104, 105, I'm perfectly fine doing that because people are going to value those picks differently. There is no such thing as a sure thing coming out of the rookie draft. And Patrick Mahomes is about as sure of a thing in dynasty, in fantasy football that you can possibly get. So, I am willing to pay up for him. You know, we talked about it before, like Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. That's stack. It's a stack, which is important, especially, you know, in, in best ball leagues. But Justin Jefferson's one of the most consistent. He's, he's no question the best position player. He's the 109, essentially, after these eight quarterbacks come off the board. Are you comfortable giving up Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson to get Patrick Mahomes. I'm not. I'm really not because that is, in my opinion, a 109 or a 110 pick in a startup. And then you're talking about Kirk Cousins, who is currently going by Koopa's ADP in the sixth round. There's no way I'm offering that up to get to Kirk Cousins. Like, unless you're talking about like, what what would be the lineup scenario where you would be willing to do that? I. I don't even know if there is one, to be honest. It's like, it's I, tough get, I get that you have two positions locked down now, but the difference between a Kirk Cousins and a Patrick Mahomes in that QB one slot is just so immense. I don't believe it's worth the difference between Justin Jefferson and a wide receiver two in that slot. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a seven point per game difference between Patrick Mahomes and Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is is perennially underrated and undervalued because he is, you know, a QB two, as we'll talk about later. But he's a QB two year in and year out. Sometimes he cracks that number 12, number 11 slot, but he's pretty much that 13. He's the he's that 201 of, of QBs, right? He's just in that QB two range. So I don't know that I'm I have a pro like I, I feel like giving that up for Patrick Mahomes would be okay if the rest of your roster could could with withstand it right like you talked about it earlier we, we're willing to trade away some assets and, and and take a year away simply to make sure our quarterback room is locked up this scenario we're only giving up two assets and yes justin jefferson is a very good asset no question about it he's young elite wide receiver don't foresee that going anywhere 
Kirk Cousins is on the final year of his deal. This stack may not theoretically be there. He is 34, 35. We could be looking at this trade next year, you know, as as soon as next year and be like, oh, well, Kirk Cousins is is no longer in Minnesota. He's in a different situation. And we don't feel the same about that. So, like, I feel like that is where I'd be comfortable doing it. Now, if you told me I had to give Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and a pick, like th- th- we're starting to draw a line there. I feel like that's kind of the line where I'm willing to give up an elite asset, non-positional advantage, or you know, in, in a positional advantage, and then take that massive uh, upgrade at quarterback just because Superflex, that QB position is so important. I think for me, you'd have to throw in like 104 on top of that for me to even really be starting to get interested. Like give me two shots at the quarterback on top of Justin Jefferson for me to really be interested about giving up Mahomes. Man. And I feel like that's where that's where the difference is, right? Like if I had to give up, gosh, what, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson. Your, your third choice at the rookie QB this year as we see it right now. You give up that Jefferson and a and a QB two, whether that's like a Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, whatever whatever that is. I mean, we can eliminate the stack at this point if we're really trying to get into yeah. a little bit of a more widespread negotiation here. But like that, that is what I believe you would have to do. Just have two shots of the possibility of replacing Mahomes. I think that's the only way you're getting that type of a trade done. Yeah, I feel like the Patrick Mahomes owner is going to be looking for that, right? Like that's and that's where you are right. I feel like. I'm just like trying to think this out right now. I, I do think it's going to have to be a three for one. If you are not giving up a top eight quarterback with it to get Patrick Mahomes, like you, you absolutely have to uh, let, let's, let's just go through this CD lamb and, and uh, Dak Prescott, another stack, but Dak Prescott definitely has more perceived value in the dynasty community right now. Is that enough? Or you still want that third piece? I still want a third piece, man. That's, that's <laughs> the thing. Right? So that's the thing is it, it's that third piece that we all get hung up on because it is like we've seen the massive deals that are going on for Patrick Mahomes, and in unless you're also getting that, I don't know. I'm willing to do. It. I mean, I've I've never seen deals for anybody in fantasy that are going down right now like they're going down for Patrick Mahomes. Like you are legitimately talking right. about five first plus almost in value just to get a Patrick Mahomes share. Uh, it, it feels like it is bordering on the edge of too much. Oh, it for sure is. And, and I feel like there are some trades out there that it is too much. You know, like looking at this one, like we I, using DLS Trade Finder, we have Josh Allen and the 107 for Patrick Mahomes in a 24 second. So you're doing a first second swap, but you're just moving up one slot essentially right like that's qb1 qb2 in dynasty right now maybe qb3 if you have someone that wants jalen hurts over him but i i think this is where it gets into a little bit more of an argument of like what what's truly the difference between mahomes allen and hurts whenever we get up into this top three top four you can include burrow in there if you really want to I'm, i'm a little bit more hesitant still but like that is my top three solidified right now what is truly the difference between them you were saying that's a 107 that they were throwing in this year yeah so you're talking the the possibility of either probably Gibbs, JSN, or Levis, where you're either getting a top-end asset at one of the positional positions, or you're getting an extra quarterback even on top of it just to give up a second on the backside. That's where I'm almost at the point of like, 
I think people, if you're trading between those top tier assets at the same position, I'm not giving up too much to do it. I love Patrick Mahomes. I think he is probably the most locked in secure asset in all of dynasty fantasy football, but I'm not giving up a first second swap. And especially where I'm still getting a premier asset, a tier break as it currently stands within this rookie draft class. I'm not giving that up, especially for a 24 second to to go up to that. I, I'm just not doing it. I'd take the Allen side there. And that's where, you know, I know with where we're at in dynasty with the quarterback position, um, we have never seen such a gap. Like there are that top eight or nine gap. And maybe there's the rookies. Yeah. Like Kyler Dak, Daniel Jones ish range, big gap. And then you're talking about the rest, right? Those QB2s, the Kirk Cousins, Derek Carrs, Aaron Rodgers, go all the way down the list. Like the rest of them, you can pretty much bunch together and you feel pretty much the same about them. And it just feels like you have to have a top eight or nine quarterback in Dynasty. And then you're going to have to have some of these other quarterback twos. But uh, I feel like that is why it's that disparity at the position, why these top quarterbacks have such value. And I know we, we talk about Patrick Mahomes because right now, He's the only one that we've really seen these monster deals for. I, I know I've seen some Josh Allen ones, some Jalen Hurts ones. I mean, I gave up. I gave up Trey Lance, the 101, and Calvin Ridley to go get Jalen Hurts, and I feel perfectly fine about it. So I, I'm, I'm ecstatic to give that up. Three for one deal, but you're still talking about Bijan, Ridley, who, you know, if he does bounce back, and then Trey Lance, if he gets an opportunity, I, I Obviously, this is before the news that came out about Trey Lance uh, potentially having just to fight for his be, life. Yeah, it seems to be just more and more news coming out about Trey Lance, yeah. and none of it seems to be good for him. Yeah, so so you know, it's like being able to make those kinds of trades to get up into one of those top threes, I feel perfectly fine doing. But if you're telling me I had to give up another first on top of that, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think I could have even gotten Patrick Mahomes if I gave up. I'd, I probably had to give up two more firsts on top of that package just to go from Jalen Hurts to Patrick Mahomes and it feels crazy. And and that's where I'd rather just pay up for a Jalen Hurts. Like if you're going to tell right. me that I need to sacrifice that much more of my future just to Man. get to the third quarterback instead of the first quarterback, I'd much rather just settle for a Jalen Hurts, a Joe Burrow, because at least that deal in my mind looks a little bit reasonable and I can still move on with the future of my team unless I am just absolutely flush with assets, which most dynasty rosters are not. Unless you're just sitting on a gold mine of like five to ten first plus. <laughs> Like I'm I'm not doing these Patrick Mahomes trades that I've been seeing right now because it does take legitimately almost all of the capital or probably like if you're in real tank mode, probably at least half of the capital that you have to be able to go up to a Patrick Mahomes. And then you're just sitting there for another couple of years of a rebuild. Like I get that it locks you in, but you still have to be there for the next three, four years of your team almost just to rebuild it to a point where all the positional players are at the points where they can compete in most situations and so obviously it's going to be team dependent it's going to be league dependent everything yes. like that but if you're giving up so much of your roster just to get that one piece and you're not in like a start eight if you're in start 10 or anything plus especially best ball as well that's where i'm just not willing to give up the overhaul package for a Patrick Mahomes when I could give up so much less in my opinion for a guy that's like a burrow or a Hertz. 
you have to know your scoring formats. This is this is huge. Okay, know your scoring format of your league. But in most scoring formats, whether it's the six passing point touchdowns, four, however you whatever plus minuses you have for interceptions, those types of things. For the most part, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen were separated by like one point per game. Not much of a difference. There's your top three. Then you do have a gap, and it's anywhere between like three to five points per game, and that's where you're going to start seeing Joe Burrow. And just below that, you're going to have your your fields, Lamar, Kyler Murray, you know, on average points per game. But then you start to drop off even more. So it's 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 tough for me to give up all of that for Patrick Mahomes when I can probably acquire Josh Allen or Joe Burrow for, or or not Joe Burrow, or Jalen Hurts for less. Um, And so, you know, while we're on just the Patrick Mahomes talk, just thinking of that top eight or nine, if you had the back end of that group, if you had Watson, if you had Fields, Lamar, T-Law, like any, any of those guys, what are you willing to give up to go from, one of those guys to Patrick Mahomes. Is it is it would you give up a first on top of it just to move up to to Mahomes? This is where I feel like I differ between most people because I've seen people stack on two firsts on top of some of these guys, like oh. a Fields, a Watson to get up to a Mahomes type level. And that's what I cannot do. Like I cannot do that. I will not. Um a 24 first, a random 24 first. It's like my 24 first in a team that I know that I control the destiny of. And I think it's all right. Like I will send off probably a 24 first. Like that's probably what I'd be willing to send off to do it. I just don't think that anybody in the current market is accepting that right now because it's just so wild. I, yeah, I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm not sending off much more than that, to be honest. Like, if you want to talk, like, what, what would you send off in terms of, like, a 23 draft pick? Where, where would be your cutoff? Are you even sending off a Will Levis pick? Maybe, like, the 107, the 106 to be able to get yourself up to there? Because I feel like that's a that's a decent range, I feel like. Like, if I have a Watson or a Fields, that's the range that I would be hindering around if I wanted to really get up to a Patrick Mahomes. But that's all I'm setting on top of it. Yeah, I feel like if I'm able to give up a singular first, that I'm fine with. Whether it's Mahomes, Josh Allen, even Jalen Hurts. If I just getting into that top three, I'm a, I'm gonna leave just Patrick Mahomes out of this. But if I'm able to add that on top of a T Law, add that on top of a, a Justin Fields, get off of maybe the uncertainty of what Justin Fields, you know, development's gonna look like. Is it gonna pan out? Yeah, I think the 107 is about that range. Maybe 106, same kind of thing where you're looking at Gibbs, JSN, or uh, or Will Levis. And it's it's enough point per game difference for me where I'm getting, you know, a five to seven point per game boost at my QB1 position um, for me giving that up. And maybe I'm moving from an, a less secure asset to something that I feel a lot more confident in when I'm talking about a Josh Allen and a Patrick Mahomes. So, I, I feel like that's what I'd be willing to do. But yeah, if you start getting, you know, oh, give me a first and a second, you get those the the, the squeeze and the juice players. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm out then. Like you, you can just keep them at that point. Well, what if we move it up a little bit more into like the little bit less risky tier, but they still have some risk involved with them? That, in my opinion, the next little bit of a tier is T Law and Lamar Jackson. 
because we haven't seen it year over year from T-Law. He really didn't even put it up in terms of full points per game over the entirety of the season. And then Lamar obviously has the contract questions right now. Are those guys still in that like 106, 107 tier that you would still put on that pick to get up to the top three tier? T-Law is. Uh, I view Lamar Jackson differently. I'm, I'm just not worried about Lamar. I'm just not. Um, he's a guy that I feel like could and should be in the top four of the NFL just because of what he can do with his legs. He is more than a capable passer. He's not uh he's not a zero with his arm. He's not a running back. So I have zero problems with Lamar. I don't think I would really want to do that. Maybe if I'm a win now team and you want to get off of the uncertainty of maybe he sits this year out. Uh, yeah, I guess I could see myself doing it in a in a specific situation, very specific situation. But for the most I'm, part, I think I'm willing to let it ride with Lamar. I'm with you that it's borderline for me because I feel like any either of those guys could put up the same amount of points as Patrick Mahomes next year. Like this is where I feel like we're in the tier of no, nobody typically repeats year over year as like the QB one. And that's what I right. feel like we're trying to value as Patrick Mahomes right now. And he didn't even in points per game finish as the QB one this year. So obviously he has the security of being probably top six locked and loaded, but Josh Allen has also proved that he's top two locked and loaded for the last three years in a row in terms of points per game. So I don't know. I'm just not giving up much between the QB one and the QB seven of what we have in terms of dynasty fantasy football right now. I, I really don't view any of them all that differently. I still view that top three. Like you said, you can include burrow in it if you want as well, that top four, but it didn't, for me, it is the top three that I will view a little bit differently. I'll pay up a little bit, but I'm not paying up anything beyond like that one Oh seven, one Oh eight in this class right now. And I feel like I'd much rather use that one Oh seven or one Oh eight, like mid to late, whatever it is, pick, doing something else to improve my roster. I feel like there are other holes. If I already have a a top eight, top nine quarterback, like upgrading that even further is probably not what I'm looking to do. Like I probably should be looking at my QB two on the roster and seeing where I can, you know, if I can use that first to pair up with something else and, and upgrade that position. And I feel like that's kind of where, where we should kind of get into next is, you know, getting outside of that top group, right? Like we know if we're building a roster, especially lineup leagues, you have to have a top nine. You should have a top nine. Yeah, I shouldn't say you have to. I mean, I, I, I've won a league. I know you've won leagues without having a top nine quarterback. It's a lot harder to do. A lot you have less to have a wiggle Jarrett room. Stidham at the end of the year. To- <laughs> yeah, you need some things to break your way. You need, you need Brock Purdy down the stretch. You need to hit the right ones down the stretch to make that work. But Let's say we we're, we're building this thing out right. We have one top nine quarterback. We got ourselves a, a Justin Herbert or a Jalen Hurts, whomever. Now we're looking at QB two, and as we looked at earlier, like we're talking about Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott. Then we're looking at rookies, which is C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. Like you know, where are we putting him in this you know technical? next range of quarterbacks and then you have a a bunch of guys that can put up good numbers on a given week jared goff you know 
Derek Carr, Russ, Gino, Kirk, Mac. You know, we still got Aaron Rodgers supposedly playing football. You know, we have all these, maybe, you know, we have all these guys in that range where it's like, those are your typical QB2s. Like, if you have Dak as your QB2, you feel pretty good. If you have Kyler as your QB2, Daniel Jones, you feel pretty good. But for the most part, you probably don't. You're probably starting a Goff or a Kirk or a Russ. And and it's just figuring out how you maneuver that QB2 slot that we really need to kind of hone in on. Exactly. I, I think this is the point that we want to really hone in on is there's a lot of times that you'll you'll get offers for like these QB2s, right? So so if I offer you, I think I've gotten this between all of this range, like you said, Pickett, Goff, Carr, Russ, Gino, Kirk, those guys, I have littered across my dynasty <laughs> rosters because I was in that full tear down mode last summer. And unfortunately for most of these <sighs> guys, it didn't really work out. But I've got a lot of them now. Let's let's take a quick moment there to just point out because we did just talk about all top nine quarterbacks. Notice how we didn't talk about tearing out of that that position. No, uh, lots of lessons learned. Yeah, big lessons learned last year of moving out of those bam tier quarterbacks or those top tier quarterbacks into this lower tier and, and getting a first. So I digress. Continue on. <laughs> yeah, all of those guys though. I've gotten I think like probably six offers in the last week. Saying like, hey, do you want to send or I, I will give you my 110 and you give me your Derek Carr. And now you, you think about it and in terms of just pure dynasty value, you're like, OK, is Derek Carr really worth a first? Doesn't really feel like it. Like, does he have the long term security? He's playing on a deal that's like one, maybe two years. It can kind of be cut off. He seems like he's almost year to year now, but he is a starting quarterback in the NFL and he doesn't have anybody coming for his job as it currently stands. If that's my QB2, what am I going to get as my replacement value at the 110? And that's the issue because I have to have insurance that I can now send that 110 if I'm on a team where i think that Derek carr is my qb2 or my superflex qb can still get me into competing contending roster i have to replace that now and the 110 doesn't give me anything at that position that i can use as a replacement level value so how do i move between that quarterback two? it's an incredibly difficult range to try to actually create trades between because neither side actually has what the other one wants right like if i'm going to send my 110 okay well i need your quarterback three as well and that's ryan Tannehill. well then that doesn't really work because what's the difference between Derek carr and ryan Tannehill? <laughs> what there, there really isn't all that much and now you're asking for the 110 on top of it it doesn't really make sense so chase do you do you have anything of like how how can we try to start maneuvering between this quarterback two range? Do we need to be even maneuvering between this quarterback range? Do we just say, hey, I, like I'm I'm perfectly fine if I'm on this roster. I just don't need to move this guy. I feel like if you're trying to acquire a quarterback two, let's let's say you have Jimmy G, Ryan Tannehill, and like a Sam Darnold on your roster, and you're trying to fill out your QB2 spot. Uh, you don't feel great about it, but you don't feel awful. You, you probably can still compete with a Jimmy G, with a Ryan Tannehill. You can make those types of things happen, right? So the the issue is, is when you have like Brock Purdy and 
Desmond Ritter as your QB two. You need to go out and acquire them, right? Like, and I feel like we'll get into some different things here as far as uh, how we can do, you know, so some acquisition and, and maneuvering between this range. But I feel like if you are in that range and you have yourself a, a Purdy or a Darnold or a, a Taylor Heineke, Desmond Ritter, Baker Mayfield, those types of guys, and you're like, crap, I need a QB2 and I can compete. There's some things that you need to look at. First thing I'm going to start with, I'm going to start, I'm going to start looking cross positionally because I feel like if you start looking cross positionally, and you and I had this conversation off air. And it's like, the more I think about this, the more that this is the way I want to go. Like if I, if I'm cross positionally looking at players and like, we're going to use keep trade cut for, for some values here, just where the community as a whole is, is valuing some of these players. Like let's go with George Pickens. Like if I was able to give up George Pickens and Sam Darnold, and I am able to get myself Kirk Cousins or Kenny Pickett Plus. Because I feel like right now, looking at it right now, Kenny Pickett and George Pickens are valued the exact same, according to Keep Trade Cut. Now, one's the quarterback, right? For, yes. for the wide receiver who can of the play same team. On, a, on the <laughs> same team, one's the quarterback that can play my super flex position. And the other one's a wide receiver three. Exactly. I'm going to take the quarterback, right? Like, like this is where if you can actually do this stuff, like a lot of leagues that I'm in, I don't think this is flying by, but this is (laughs) KTC value. Like this is community consensus value. And if I can do this type of stuff and I really need that QB too, like if I have five, six wide receivers deep, and I'm fringe like you were talking about through all of that list beforehand of, on quarterback. This is just a no-brainer deal to go get a quarterback too. Will he be a great Superflex quarterback too? Probably not, but he is better than anything that I'm probably placing in to that Superflex spot as it currently stands. And I feel like that's the thing that we need to, to, to think through. I know how you and I, Dynasty, we both are very much in the mindset if you know we have three quarterbacks on our roster – I am not giving up a quarterback without getting one back in the trade. It might not be the prettiest of quarterbacks, but like a lot of dynasty players think the exact same way where they want a quarterback back. If they are giving one up just because the landscape is so scarce. So if I'm giving up a George Pickens and a Sam Darnold or a Taylor Heineke, like those are the, that tier of player is something that you can give up with a wide receiver or with a player maybe we shouldn't use kenny or george pickens because he's not exactly our favorite favorite, (laughs) you know but you know talking about any any of these wide receivers in that range like jahan dotson's up here um we got terry mclaurin you know being able to go terry mclaurin and and taylor heineke if you're able to get yourself kirk cousins jared goff i mean right now people love jordan love you know (laughs) According to KTC, I don't know that I'm willing to take that risk because that's moving into a risky asset, but I'm willing to make those types of moves cross-positionally when giving up a, a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, maybe a, a running back to DeAndre Swift, same kind of range. Would you give I mean, up I'm, I'm looking Swift? at 
Easily. I mean, I'm looking at one right now. Mac Jones. I don't love Mac Jones. I know it was bad last year. There's concerns about, you know, they're they're not saying all the greatest things about him right now, but I don't see a world where he is not the starter for at least the majority of the next season. I can trade a Mac Jones straight up in KTC value for Isaiah Pacheco or Rashad White. (laughs) Now, if you can do that, go ahead and get it done. I, I feel like, again, that's just the piece you look at to to add to another quarterback to add to that lesser tier of quarterbacks that you know i, I mentioned earlier maybe sam howell uh you know baker mayfield I, i'm going to bring up some of these names over and over again because i feel like these are names on people's rosters that are sitting there in your qb3 qb4 slot that you can use to get an upgrade and, and you can see the path forward for them right like that's sure. the thing that's the thing of like you're getting the quarterback back and if you're yes. playing and if you're playing in some of those sharper leagues where they're like, hey, I need the quarterback back because I need the replacement level value at that position, you can use some of these lower tier guys who are have no sh- like they have a possibility at a starting potential roster spot right now. Absolutely. Gardner Minshew is one like right now. It looks like he could be the starter and you can probably sell somebody on that hype that he could play over the rookie right now. I think you could legitimately do that. You could sell me right now that Case Keenum is the starter in Houston. You can sell some first. people. <laughs> you can sell some people that some of these backup quarterbacks will start. But if you put some of these cross-positional value equal players along with some of those just dart throws at the quarterback position, you may lose out at the end, but if you can get yourself into a guy that you really think is going to be a starter throughout all of the season, I think you got to do that every single time, especially if you are desperate at the quarterback position just to fill your super flex spot. And I feel like it opens up more opportunities for you as well. If you're able to move, you know, improve your quarterback slots where maybe you now have Jimmy G and you just acquired Mac Jones. Maybe you can use both of those quarterbacks and another player to move up into a Dak Prescott or up into, you know, a different range. Daniel Jones uh sneaky value i feel like a lot of people in dynasty are very mixed on him right now where some people love him some people hate him and if you're able to to take a couple of these quarterbacks get yourself a daniel jones and maybe a a piece kicked back as well like i'm i'm exploring those ideas because the whole goal here is to improve that qb2 slot like to improve that super flex slot so if we're able to make those types of maneuvers that's what you want to do. And I feel like the only way you can do a trade like that, though, is if they have like one of those guys as a QB3, QB4 on your roster, whether that's Pickett, Goff, Carr, Russ, Geno, Kirk, Mack, Rogers, like they have to be a sitting on the bench somewhere. Like you can't go like, oh, you gotta, I'm go give you DeAndre Swift for, for, for you, your QB2, right? Right. You got to look at somebody that's flush because you're looking at it in the same terms that you're currently sitting in, right? Like you're looking at trying to fill your QB2 slot and you're asking somebody else to give up their QB2 slot without having anything assured given back. Like it doesn't really make sense. Like, can you send it off? Yes, for sure. Send out any deal you ever want to. I will never tell you not to send out any deal. You could send out Patrick Mahomes for Kadarius <laughs> Tony, and I wouldn't tell you not to send it out just because it might get accepted. Does it look a little bit questionable? Yes, it does. But I mean, send out whatever the hell you want to send out. I don't really care. But these are the deals that you have to send out if you want to try to fix this QB2 room because it is a like we said originally, it is one of the hardest positions right now, and I think in fantasy football to try to maneuver and try to get a true like value gain on. Absolutely. 
you know, and some of these guys here, like, <laughs> again, this is keep trade cut value. This is not the end all be all, but it does give you an idea of what people in the fantasy community are looking at. If you're in sharper leagues, some of this stuff won't apply, or you may not be able to, to, to squeeze this much. You may not, may not be able to maneuver the same way, but you got to know your league and you got to know what you can do. And these are all ideas I feel like you can do no matter the league and maybe tinker here or there. Now, Trey Lance and Jordan Love being back-to-back in keep trade cut at 17 and 18, QB 17 and 18, while Brock Purdy is at QB 28, uh, is very, very interesting to me. <laughs> I don't understand I, it either, man. Like, Okay, so we're, we're negating the value of Trey Lance all the way below Jordan Love, who assumedly is the starter, so I, I, I'm... With the Jordan Love rise in value. Absolutely. But Trey Lance has fallen all the way behind Jordan Love. Yep. The only reason that Jordan Love is above Trey Lance right now is because the guy Brock Purdy exists and is threatening Trey Lance for his job. Brock Purdy is still 10 spots behind Trey Lance. Like, this is what I do not get. So I guess I understand from the point of Trey Lance has the rushing upside. And if he ever gets a shot again, which we assume he will get a shot to start again, he could jump up back into this range that we were holding him out like a back end first at some points in dynasty fantasy football. So what, we're, what we, happens if that doesn't happen, man? Like it's value is destroyed within the first two weeks. If he doesn't produce anymore in my mind. Well, you already have, you know, Lynch coming out saying that it is a QB competition between Darnold, Purdy, and Trey Lance. Open competition. However, if Purdy is healthy, he is the leader in the clubhouse. So it's kind of Brock Purdy's job to lose. And I know that 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 doesn't mean that's the end of Trey Lance, right? Like he still should get an opportunity. But I feel like that has to sit in people's minds when you're when you're looking at the situation because you're banking on a trade. You're hoping and praying that Trey Lance gets moved. Like uh, you, you have to hope he gets moved at this point almost. Like I I think he does still in terms of my timeline for where I think Brock Purdy will go, I think that either Trey Lance or Sam Darnold will start games at the beginning of the season. I still, in my mind, don't think Brock Purdy will be ready to go week one. And so whether that's short-term pup or you know long-term eight-week pup, whatever that is. But there's still a fight between those two, as it currently stands from what the GM <laughs> just said right now. It is still a fight between those two for one of them to take over the starting job. And then you have to go out there and perform and win the starting job from a guy who's already won over the clubhouse. It doesn't seem like a very good proposition to me. So, so let me let me look at this then with with Trey Lance. We'll leave Jordan Love out for for the time being. So, Trey Lance, the the range of outcomes, I feel like he he has to have so many things go right for him in order for his value to increase. Because right now we have seen legitimately nothing out of Trey Lance 
shouldn't say nothing. We've seen what three games out of Trey Lance three, in his yeah. in his three years. So the the struggle is going to be how long do you have to see Trey Lance succeed at the highest level? Do you think he is one Justin Fields runaway from all of a sudden people re, you know believing in him again? Or do you think you're going to have to truly see excellence out of Trey Lance in order for his value to go up? It, it all depends on the type of game he puts up. Like if he does put up a Justin Fields game where he rushes for over 100 yards and he does that twice back to back, his value's back, in my opinion. I guess that does depend a little bit upon where Brock Purdy is in his recovery. <laughs> But he has to do it out the gate, right? Like, would but, he, you argue- but he has to do it straight out the gate, yes. Otherwise, because Brock Purdy's going to come back and take his job Man. at that point. You're talking about a guy that's just had such limited football experience in what, the NFL. What is it? He's had like four games in the last four years that have been really meaningful. Yeah, dating back to college. Like, dating back to college. I mean, it's just, it's just an incredibly hard task to overcome. At the end of the day, I truly think he gets traded somewhere, man. Like, and I think that is going to be your value bump whenever he does get traded. I don't think your value bump is ever to come in San Francisco. So then, what are you doing with Trey Lance? I know you, you, you love Trey. You, you I shouldn't say love. You liked Trey Lance a lot loved, coming out. No, oh, I, I, lo- I love Trey Lance. <laughs> I had Trey Lance at about half my teams over the last year that I was doing startups in. So I, I loved the upside of Trey Lance. So with that, and, and knowing kind of where the dynasty community is and, and kind of where you've adjusted as well. What are you doing with Trey Lance? What's a kind of deal that you would be willing to take to move off of him? How are you maneuvering Trey Lance? And I know we've talked about this, you know, on, on the fantasy draft room where you can find us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe there. But like, what would you be doing with Trey Lance and how would you pivot off of him? Yeah, let me let me let me try to convert some of these back into like a modern time setting, because most of these <laughs> I, I've traded off of, I think, four Trey Lances over the past two months or so. And I only have one Trey Lance left. I only have one Trey Lance share left. Ooh. And I'm probably going to hold on to that one because on that one, I hold Trey Lance. I hold Brock Purdy and I hold Jimmy G on the same team. <laughs> so, so you got it all I, I held all of the san francisco room last year because they were all intermingling and i had to i had to try to keep competing in that league and it didn't work out eventually at the end shocker that it didn't work out at the end for that as much as i gave up to probably try to acquire all of them probably wasn't <laughs> the best move but my trey lances that i have sold off this year i sold off one of my trey lances for a bryce young trey lance to get up to a lamar jackson now I did that before all of the, you know, I thought I thought that he was going to be either be a Carolina Panther or an Atlanta Falcon by this point. This was before all the teams came out and said we are not interested in him. So would I do that same thing for, let's say, Trevor Lawrence? Do you think you could get that done for Trevor Lawrence right now? Bryce Young and Trey Lance for Trevor Lawrence. So a 103-104 for and and Trey Lance for for that. Yeah, like I if I'm moving up off of Trey Lance, I am much more willing to take that shot and just be like, you take the gamble on on a rookie who we do we do like and we we believe that there's there's potential for him, but that might just end up being a QB two, still a risk, still a gamble. You take that risk on the rookie, and you take on you assume the risk on Trey Lance 
hoping he gets traded, hoping he gets an opportunity, hoping that he comes out and smashes right off the gate. Like you take all that hope on your dynasty team. I will take what I know in Trey uh, in uh, Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely. Yep. I, th- I think that's the, I think that's tr- the first move you have to try to make is if you, if you have the assets in, in your reservoir to move up into that BAM tier and in the back of that top eight, top nine, whatever your whatever your cutoff is. I think that's the first move you got to try to make is just package up a couple of first, package up one first and one of your quarterbacks with a Trey Lance share to try to move up into that range. That's the first thing I'm trying to do. If I can't do that, then you're looking at probably can I get a in my mind, in my mind, it's veteran production. Can I turn it into a Kirk Cousins plus? Can I turn it into Daniel Jones? Can I turn it into Derek Carr plus? And then my third thing to do would be, can I turn it into a rookie pick where I think I can either get the 105 through the 107 and then try to get one of these rookie quarterbacks? That is that is my pivot off of Trey Lance right now. I like that. Yeah, we're like right now with, with keep, keep trade cut values, you know, we have Daniel Jones just ahead of Trey Lance. We have Trey Lance just ahead of Jordan Love, Kenny Pickett, Jared Goff. And then you're you're down into the Kirk Cousins range and all of that. So yeah, I feel I feel pretty good uh moving into that aged production, right? And and if I'm able to get a plus back for that, I think that's that's the move I'm making. Because I for most people, most people had Trey Lance on their roster to be their QB two, right? Like startups i I had him on some rosters to be qb1 it was dangerous oh Oh, painful buddy yeah very painful (laughs) very painful we've recovered on most of them but some of them have some of them are a little bit shaky ground right now because of it yeah and i feel like those like those are the ones you definitely need to try to move up right like you if you had trey lance as your as your qb1 you definitely need to try and, and do what you can to move into one of those top nine so that you have a more secure asset something that you're you're a lot more comfortable in your, your roster's probably in shambles right now if that's the case but you know do what you got to do but yeah like i feel like moving down again into into that Kirk cousins range into uh you know, maybe Goff, he's, he's a bit younger. People still, he, he's a journeyman right now. Like, it seems like he should have a job. Detroit believes in him. But for whatever reason, the fantasy community is is so so down on Jared Goff that they, they feel like he's Jimmy G, basically. And it, it, at times is how it feels. It's kind of crazy to me. I, I love Jerry Goff, to be honest. I think he's I don't think there's any chance that they're drafting a rookie behind him right now from everything that that franchise has said is that he's going to be their long term QB as it currently stands until he proves to them that they can. I mean, they had one of the most productive offenses in the NFL last year. The only reason that they were out of the playoffs was because their defense just couldn't hold up and they were in shootouts the entire time. Like if they can run that same style offense last year or this year as they did last year. I, I I really like this team to make the playoffs, especially with Jared Goff. I mean, he's he's a distributor of the football and a really good offense and a really good scheme with really good weapons around him right now. I, I love that offense. Jared Goff would be an easy pivot off of a Trey Lance for me because I think he's going to have, even if for some reason the Detroit Lions move on from him, he has proven the fact that he can be a starter somewhere within the NFL for the next probably five years. Yes. Uh, big shout out to, to Dynasty Barry uh, over there at DestinationDebbiePatreon.com forward slash all gas. 
he has been on the Jared Goff train for for over a year. He you know doing startups with him last year. He was that was like his dark horse sleeper. Like I don't Just want everyone to know. Everywhere. Yeah, he's like I don't want everyone to know that I love Jared Goff, but I love me some Jared Goff. So I, I big shout out to him for calling that one and, and and kind of writing that one out. And, it, and it's true. Like you know we again going back to these QB twos. You know I talked about the cross positional ones. You, you've seen in your inbox the 110 for Derek Carr, the 110 for for Jared Goff, for Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins, and it's it's tough to do. But if you could, if it was Brock Purdy and an early second, do you think that would be enough for you to get into that tier? If you would itself. The difficulty that I see in it is in most of my leagues I'm trying to compete, right? Yeah, And I don't know when Brock Purdy at this point right now is going to start. Now, if you send that to me and I know he's the starter, even probably just a week before I know he's the starter, he's going to start the next game. Yeah. Then I'm probably like, then I'm doing it like, right. I'm not getting that deal though. (laughs) And then you're probably not getting that deal. And that's where the, that's where the issue lies in this QB two marketplace is because the only thing that is separating the QB twos from all these guys we're about to talk about is the legitimacy of them as a starter and the known fact that they are going to be producing fantasy points for your roster. And it's just such a hard point to figure out right now, especially in some of these, these QB battles. I mean, we've got in Washington, we've got Sam Howell and Jacoby Brisket. We've got in Tampa, we've got Kyle Trask and Baker, Baker. Mayfield. <laughs> Which one of those do you really want to stake your claim on? And are you, are you comfortable enough to say, hey, I'll take a 110 and Baker to move off of my QB2 because I'm confident enough in Baker to be the starting quarterback this year? That is a hard bet to make right now. So with these qb battles however you want to look at it right you know i, I want to look at the the numbers of quarterbacks that have started in the last few several years since you know since 2018 so in 2018 we had 55 19 we had 57 20 we had 59 21 we had 62 and in 2022 we had 68 different quarterbacks start so what that tells me is when you have these types of battles quote unquote most likely, both of these guys are going to get an opportunity to start. Then you have guys like Minshew, as you mentioned earlier, who is going to have an opportunity to start right off, right out the gate. There's probably going to be a rookie there, and it's going to be a, just a matter of time. Does the does the rookie catch on quick enough? Is the team in a you know good enough, bad enough shape for for said rookie to start week four, week six, week ten? You know where is that team at? But those situations typically lend or tend to see both of those guys on the field, right? Both of them will typically start during the first year at some point. Either the rookie will falter at some point or the veteran will start off to start the year. Uh, That's typically how it goes. The issue is like, can I trust that production to be the production for my fantasy team? And that's where the difficulty lies, right? And so if you have a lot of those guys on a very, very deep roster, maybe you can plug and fill for the first couple of weeks until you can really get yourself that locked in QB2. But again, very hard for most teams to do as it currently sits right now. This is where, again, 
just where we have the trouble. How do you get to your QB two? And this is where, like, I, I honestly would, if if I'm in that situation, I really think I could try to backfill it. I have a couple of picks, but I just can't get the deal done right now. Could I start with a Jacoby Brisket or a Baker Mayfield and just roll those guys out, praying that they are the QB one for their teams in the first couple of weeks. And then from there, I can pivot off of all of my asset or pivot off of some of my assets to try to lock in that long-term QB two. Cause there's a chance that even they, they have the value. They have the upside value of retaining this job for the entirety of the year. If they do well over the first couple of weeks and that value rise from what they're currently are now, I mean, you're talking like thirds for some of these guys, but if they lock up that starting job, like again, this is the only difference because the value in terms of points per game production is probably not that different from most of the guys in these range. Can they go up from that third to second value production? And then can you sell them off at that point to try to launch yourself up into a more secure tier of that golf of that cousins of those guys and just pe- spend a little bit more of assets behind them at that point to try to get yourself into that more long-term secured number two quarterback. I feel like if you're talking about Brissett, if you're talking about Minshew, Ritter, Heineke, Trask, you know, like those guys, while they may get the opportunity to start, there's such a, a kind of stink on them. Like Brissett started 11 games last year. We knew he was starting 11 games last year, and I don't think he went for a second anywhere. And so this is where I struggle with it is you have the potential for that to happen for that value increase to happen with some of these guys, but like Baker, the name, like you you feel confident that they brought in Baker because he's going to be the starting quarterback over Kyle Trask. And I feel like you don't have to wait for Baker to hit the field and start to actually package him with a late first to get into that range. Cause that's the big deal, right? Like if, if you were able to, to give up Baker in the one ten to go get yourself a Derek Carr, or a Russ, uh, a Kirk. You know, I feel like that's like the move you'd make. But a lot of times people don't do it because they're not getting a quarterback back. Obviously, again, it's it's very roster specific for every team because you need the team you're buying from to have these guys as depth pieces most likely, or you need them to be looking at, retu- you know, looking at the future, right? They're, they can't be looking to compete as well. Like, oh yeah, sure. I'll take I'll take the I'll take the shot on Baker being the starter this year. He can be my QB two, QB three on my on my team. Yeah, you've got to find the right teams to be able to do it for. And I, I think the difference, and I think you kind of touched on it too, is like the difference between Brissett last year and some of these guys is Brissett was on a timeline. Brissett had a quarterback coming up in front of him. And so nobody, nobody thought that he could actually have a long-term guaranteed starting role. Now, some of these guys that are starting off this year, they catch fire week one, week two. That's where you can see that little bit of value jump in my mind. And so I I don't think you're really trading them for much more than what their current value is until they do that. But if you can ride them out into the season and just hang on with the quarterback that you do have, the room that you do have for right now, and then you wait on that potential value bump, I think that's where you could capitalize on some of these guys if they're able to start off the season hot. Yeah, I mean, then that's definitely definitely a possibility. You know, I feel like the younger guys are ones that you can, you know, you can try and pivot now if you really wanted to, because there's still like there's still buzz behind Sam Howell, even though Brissett is there. 
you know, you can sell him sell on the fact that what he did toward, you know, on that final game, he's young. They want to give him a shot, even though Brissett may come out and be the starter, right? Like, I feel like those are the ones you got to move off of Desmond Ritter. If you can move off of Desmond Ritter, package him with a first to go get oh, yourself on gone i know you i mean you don't don't even tell me what the quarterback coming back is send him off for a first and he's gone i just want him off my roster right yeah so it's red ritter in a first which, and, and go for an upgrade, upgrade which does right? lead it right into i really like taylor heineke this year so there you go so you have taylor heineke taylor heineke in a first taylor heineke taylor, a taylor heineke taylor okay taylor heineke my bad <laughs> whatever heineken all heineken over there heineken. so we got the old beer man. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's just some interesting things to think about of how to pivot off of what might be like a junk tier for a lot of people where, you know, you're, you, a lot of hope prayers using that with a first to kind of move on. So that's just some things to think about to upgrade that QB two, QB three range. And the more guys you have in that range, the better possibility you have to continue to upgrade that quarterback room. And like we said before, if you can combine these guys with some of those cross positional guys, man, that that is a incredible amount of value bump, yes. in my opinion. Because if I can just send off like Rashad White and one of these guys to go get myself into a different quarterback room, like that is that is a complete upgrade at the quarterback position in my mind that I will send off almost every single day if I can actually get that upgrade at the QB spot. Yeah, I mean, I know I know we had talked uh, a little bit about like Javante, right? Like we are a little concerned about Javante and what's going on with his injury. Can you pivot off of Javante and get yourself into a range where let's see here. He's going just below Daniel Jones and keep trade cut. Can you give Javante and one of these, you know, Maybe a guy that has promise. Maybe people, someone believes in Sam Howell. Maybe, maybe you give up Baker, Purdy, Heineke. Can you give some Tannehill? Maybe uh, even like what do you got to give up? Willis. <laughs> Just a small piece. Uh, How are like, Malik Willis and Ryan uh, Tannehill back to back in KTC? And this is where sometimes it loses me, right? <laughs> that is wild. Yeah. But like that's the whole thing, right? Like giving Javante and a lower tiered quarterback piece up in order to get yourself to a Daniel Jones or get yourself towards a uh, a back end QB one high end QB two range. So things to look at, things to consider. Find out where you can kind of pivot in those ranges, um, or find out which players you can kind of pivot off of as well to move into that quarterback. Yeah, I think that I think that's it. Just trying to get yourself into a more secure asset at the quarterback position. I think that's all that we want to do. It makes you feel a hell of a lot better if you were actually trying to roll in with, you know, maybe you got that stacked running back room from three years ago that's about on its last leg. Maybe you got those, you know, Diggs, Tyreek, and DeAndre Hopkins that you're trying to ride out for one more year and you're a little bit shaky at the quarterback room. That team can legitimately win if you're just able to plug and fill at the quarterback two position in my mind as long as you do have yes. one of those top eight quarterback assets i think we've seen teams all over like i said what was it last year brock purdy and jarrett stidham were winning people championships last year like you can fill in these teams if you don't have that secure locked and loaded qb2 we're not saying that that's the right way to build a long-term right. dynasty roster like you you do want to eventually get yourself into the build of a 
two bam tier quarterback roster build but if you need to if you need to fill and burn this season i think it's a very manageable way to build out through the rest of this year we talk about it all the time make sure you take the time to look at your roster in the mirror really know what your team is what is actually missing be able to look at your strengths and weaknesses without being biased to a player and oh if this player breaks out this year if kyler murray comes back from injury if this happens like if you're trying to sell yourself maybe your team isn't really where it is where it needs to be to compete so you know each each roster is dependent on this make sure you hit cody and us up um, on twitter he's at c smith tfdr i'm at trophy chase tfdr on twitter you can find us on YouTube over there at the Fantasy Draft Room. Subscribe there. Comment on some things. We're, we're here to help walk through scenarios with your team specifically uh, so that you can find the right pivot for your team. But uh, make sure you're able to do that. When you, when you look your team in the mirror, you can kind of figure out which pivots apply to you and which ones don't. Uh, you definitely don't need to be going out and acquiring Aaron Rodgers if your team isn't competing in the next two years. So make sure you think about quarterback things. You don't <laughs> right. need to be doing that either. <laughs> yes. So there are different things to kind of focus on and look at. Um, but yeah, we're, we're here to to help out. Anything else you wanted to touch on when it comes to these quarterbacks right now? The only thing I'd have left is would you want to actually try to throw some dart shots at some of these bottom tier quarterbacks that we were talking about? Could I throw my back end third at some of these quarterbacks? Cause th this is where I think the quarterback starting rates do a little bit apply. Like we saw 68 quarterbacks. That is more than double the amount of teams that we have in the <laughs> league start last year. So can I throw some like third back of the third round picks at Mike white, Case Keenum, Howell, Sam Darnold, Minshew, and try to flip those. I, I think I I, I want to do it within roster construction, right? But if I'm only really rocking like two, if I'm rocking two of those top tier BAM quarterbacks, I think I and if I have some picks on the backside of it, I think I could throw out some of those like back end thirds, maybe some fourths as well, and try to pick up some of these quarterbacks. Cause if they do start for a four week stretch, especially just in like lineup leagues, not really best ball leagues as much, I think I could actually get some potential return on some of these guys. I'm not gonna go that range. Uh, I don't know if I can do like just throwing a, a three at a quarterback, like throwing a third round pick at a quarterback. But if I can get some of these guys as add-ins in a deal to get a deal done, I'm looking like Sam Darnold for me. I feel like Sam Darnold is a guy he's he's going to get an opportunity. It seems like in San Francisco, I think I'd be willing to take the shot on Sam Darnold. Talk about a guy that might fit that Shanahan system perfectly. If Purdy isn't ready, he may be the starter day one. We talk about Trey Lance. He could be the starter. He could be a guy that we see wow. again, starting for another team. So there there's that possibility. Um, Heineke, you mentioned, you know, him and Ritter in that battle if they don't go after Lamar and if we see this summer that that Heineke and Ritter are battling it out yeah I'm gonna take a shot on him I might take a shot I'll on Baker again and 80 percent chance on Heineke winning out that battle then, then you know what go shoot that shot now go get yourself some Taylor Heineke uh to especially in best ball if you want to just have a dart on your team there you go but Baker Heineke 
Darnold and I'd say Sam Howell. If I'm able to get Sam Howell, like I think Brisket's just a I go, we always call him Brisket if you didn't know that. Jacoby Brissett is just a rental. Um, so for those that don't know us, his name is Brisket. So old Brisket there is just a rental. And whether he starts the first few games, I don't think that he is the solution for the year. They're going to let Sam Howell do his thing, find out what they have in Sam Howell. And if Sam Howell is not the answer, then they can start moving to quarterback in 2024. Um, that's at least how it feels right now. But again, a couple of these landing spots are still possible trade candidates for, for Lamar. Uh, so don't be surprised if Lamar comes in and ruins some of these, uh, ruin some of these opportunities. It'll, too. it'll ruin one of them, but you got a pretty good shot on like six different teams that you can try yeah. to throw some darts at. Right Absolutely. Now. Absolutely. So those are the things that we would definitely be looking at. And then those pivots into to QB twos, um, you know, it, it's it's not for everything for everyone, obviously, by you know, adding a plus into to a quarterback to move up uh, doesn't always feel great. But with the landscape, that is where we're at right now. Like if you need a QB two or QB three on your roster, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Right. Like that's just the bottom line. Yeah, and a lot of times, I mean, hey, if, if you're sitting in a good spot, I mean, maybe try to secure, if you're only sitting on two QBs, try to secure that QB3 spot before you're just hamstrung whenever Lamar Jackson does go down at the end of the year and you just don't have anything else at the QB3 yeah. spot. And you're sitting in the championship games and you're like, I don't have anything else to play. I'm throwing like Alec Pierce into my Superflex now. That's not the situation you want to be sitting in. Ooh. So maybe go try to preemptively fill your QB3 spot right now. Maybe throw one of these darts in there to try to see if if you can take over the job, maybe try to take one of those darts and a little bit of extra capital to get yourself up into another QB too. I think that's, I think that's good. Just team building and building preemptively for not the perfect scenario because the perfect scenario hardly ever works out for any of our fantasy rosters. Could not agree more. Um, any last things you want to touch on? Like we've been talking quarterbacks for an hour here. I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah, the quarterback position is one of the best, and it's literally the most complex position in my mind in all of dynasty fantasy football as it currently sits right now. There's just so vast of a different set of different tiers between these quarterback rooms. I, I think we could spend here and talk about like five hours just on the quarterback position, but we're not going to do that. We're we're going to close <laughs> this one out here. Uh, one more time, underdog fantasy is the plug use promo code tfdr at sign up if you deposit 10 to 100 dollars, you get that deposit match on your deposit plus if you spend more than 10 dollars, you get a one-year destination devi discord access and you get to post all of your draft boards in there with us we get to put little fire emojis on them i think that's probably my favorite thing is just <laughs> say hey that is a fire roster build right there i know you've had a couple of them i've had that one with patrick mahomes and travis kelsey that i really like so far we're going to keep hammering those out probably do some more of those drafts over at the fantasy draft room do some of those live for y'all if you want to tap into those and i think that's all i got to plug chase if you got anything else to plug before we get out of here you can wrap us on out man nope again destination debbie make sure you are part of the best fantasy community patreon.com forward slash all gas and thank you so much for tuning in here on the Overreaction Podcast.